what's that a picture of? Uh, <laughs> it's a blessing. Anointing. Is it anointing? It looks like oil thing for it. Oil? Yeah. So... It's who do... Um, I... See, so we got a couple of new students here, so I'm going to be uh, giving you guys a bit of a review. And we all, we also haven't had classes in a while, so it makes it makes sense to do a bit of a review if we can. So, who do we uh, who do we uh, worship? <laughs> Start real basic. Jesus, Jesus, Christ, Jesus Christ. Why is he called? Jesus Christ. His father's name was uh, Christ. Mary Christ. Father's name was Joseph Christ. Rachel? That's why? Why is he called Christ? Uh, Christ doesn't mean like Savior. He's a Christian. Christ means Savior. Mm-hmm. Is it? Does it? The anointed. The anointed, yeah. The anointed. What, what, where does Christ, that word, even come from? Messiah. Christo. Mashiach. The Bible was written in English, right? No. Greek. Right? Bible was written in Greek. Which part of the Bible? Genesis? Exodus? Huh? New Testament was written in Greek. What language is the Old Testament written in? Uh, Hebrew. Hebrew, right? Arabic. A- Aramaic for part of it in Daniel. But most of it, the Old Testament was Hebrew. Most of the New Testament was? Greek. Christ is a Greek word. Greek word, because most of the New Testament was written in Greek. Greek word, meaning it's a translation of a Hebrew word. Anyone guess what the Hebrew word is? Messiah. Messiah. And what does Messiah mean? The anointed one, right? And that's what's going on here. This is a depiction of Samuel anointing David. So... Jesus is now the Messiah because he's coming as the son of who? David, right? So Jesus is the true Messiah. And that's where we've been kind of working on all this time. And we started off the year talking about the end. And there's a person who comes up at the end. Is it Je- well before Jesus, right? Before the climactic final battle in Revelation, there is uh, a arch enemy, arch enemy Antichrist, right? Antichrist, Antichrist. Is that the first time we saw the Antichrist? Antichrist is. Uh, have we ever seen anyone who acts like the Antichrist? I mean, there's an Antichrist at the end who tries to take over the whole world. Through violence and bloodshed and killing and war and all of this stuff, right? There's the Antichrist at the end. But is that the first time we ever saw an Antichrist? Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Good example. Any other examples of Antichrists? Hitler. Alexander the Great. Yeah. Caesars. Nero's. Emperors. Mussolini, right? Violent, violent people. So when I read in the Revelation at the end, Jesus coming down and taking out the Antichrist, is, is Jesus just like the biggest and the baddest of them all? Yes. Could that be? Is that, is that, is that what it is? And so that, that is a, a mystery to me. Is it, is it just Jesus defeat the worst of them all, the worst of a line of bad guys? 
does Jesus come in and just like, I'm the biggest. I'm like, and Marvel Cinematic Universe comes in and takes out Thanos, right? Is that, is that what Jesus's thing is, right? It might be. It might be. It, it, it may not be. So that's why I decided before I'm going to study about the Antichrist, I got to study who? I got to study Jesus. I got to go back. Forget about the future. We got to go back. We got to go back to where? The beginning. The true Messiah. Right? So if you, can you like uh, help me out with that? So we talked about all of these, uh, we talked about all of these different uh, political parties, Essenes. Remember, I'm not going to go through all this. You guys can uh, think about it. Essenes and Sadducees, and they all had a problem with Jesus. And Jesus started his ministry with one big speech. And we're, gonna, we're focusing on the life of Jesus, so you guys know. We're focusing on Matthew within the life of Jesus. And right now, we're fo- focusing on the famous speech given by the most famous person in the history of the world, which is the... Messiah. The, what's the name of the speech? The name of the speech? Oh, the Sermon on the, the Lake? Mount. The Mount. The, Mount. Oh, yeah. the Sermon on the Mount. Mount. What is the power that is in charge of the world at that time? Guys, remember? In the time of Jesus, who is the biggest power? The Romans, the Romans right? The Romans are in control. The, um, the Jews don't have control over their own country. Their country is controlled by a foreign power. And so what they're trying to do is figure out what do we do at that time now that our whole world is controlled by these pagan idol worshipers. We believe in a God that is greater than Zeus. And it's greater than all of these other guys or greater than what is, what is the Romans version of Zeus? It's one of the planets. Jupiter, right? They are worshiping Jupiter. They're worshiping Saturn. They think those gods are greater. But the Jews' god, the Jewish god, is, is Yahweh, right? Who's bigger, Jupiter or Yahweh? It depends whose god is bigger. But see, see, the people that time, the Romans will think, well, obviously Jupiter is bigger, right? Because why? Because they rule by power, right? And they have what? The power. And the Jews have what? No power. And so in that time, Jesus is speaking to a group of angry, demoralized people who are believing that Yahweh is greater than Jupiter. So what should Yahweh be doing? Yahweh should be building an army of violent men, fully armed, ready to take out Caesar, right? And they're looking for a Messiah, who will come and build his army, build the wall, come to Rome, take him out, kick out all the foreigners, right? That that is the goal of the Messiah, right? Now, Jesus is coming in there and he's saying, I'm following a different program, right? Uh, we, We talked about all this, I'm rushing through, right? So I'm not following your program, I'm not following the Essenes who want to go live in the desert. I'm not following the Pharisees who think that they're trying to please God um, by following every single rule. I'm not following the Zealots who wants to start a violent revolution. I'm doing my own 
project, right? And so he talks about eye for an eye and go the second mile, do not resist an evil doer. We, we talked about this. We, we're going to keep on going. I'm going to rush through this. And we talked about, if we go to slide 28, That's okay. <laughs> right. So that guy is uh, experiencing. So one of the themes in that is spoiled milk. Why does milk spoil? Because it's bacterial cultures. And the bacterial cultures. What are bacterial cultures? That's a complicated word there, man. Uh, microbe? <laughs> the point is, over time, things expire. And he, you know, everything we focus on, this is part of what the themes that Jesus was talking about, is, you know, you, you guys are focused on building up treasures on earth, right? Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where, you know, moth comes, the thieves steal. All of these happen because these things are what? Temporary. They're, they're perishing. They're, things are about to change. It's kind of Jesus' message because the kingdom of God is about to rush in and change the world. And in reality, also, Jesus knew that that was like the 30s of A.D., right? What would happen 40 years after Jesus' death and resurrection? Remember we talked about what happens about 40 years after Jesus dies? There's a great rebellion by the Jews because they actually thought they had a Messiah. Jesus had died and resurrected. There were Christians around in Jerusalem, but there was a group of guys who said, we're done with these Romans. We're going to actually start our revolution. They, they rebelled against Rome, and what happened? Were they successful, Christopher? They got, they got squashed, right? <laughs> they got squashed like little ants, and their temple got destroyed right so even to this day if you go to jerusalem what are you going to find you're not going to find the temple what you're going to find is a mosque right the only thing that's left is the western wall so jesus knew this was coming their whole world was going to be destroyed jesus knew it was coming and he's telling them you guys are focused on building up your what your kingdom on earth but the reality is there's going to be a massive shift that's coming and you guys need to be ready for it and that's part of the, the, the kingdom of heaven is coming now. Don't focus on things that are about to be destroyed is one of the, part of the themes that he's talking about. So we'll go to the next one. So he talked about, yeah, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Jesus emphasized our motivation in obeying the law, right? Um, not focusing on doing things to please others, to make yourself look good. Again, those are based on earthly rewards and focusing on being sold in light to the world. You know, the beliefs that we have, we're not supposed to hide somewhere, right? It's supposed to be wide open. Today we've got two new members. Hopefully they'll want to come back. Hopefully we're salt and light. Instead of like, you know, I don't know, sour milk, <laughs> right? You know, this is a part of the idea. Like, we are supposed to be what to the world? You know, not like perfect little angels sitting in our closet praying. We're supposed to be what? Salt and light, attractive to the world. So, the next thing, slide 31, pray like Jesus, right? 
So, our Father in heaven, and we talked about what is Jesus is our Father, meaning what? Our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father. He's, even though we all have different fathers, or do we? Some of you have the same earthly father, right? But <laughs> most of us have different fathers, right? But we have one heavenly father, right? Who's not limited by all the things we're, we're going through. So part of Jesus's prayer to the people is forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. So what is that national debt? Oh, what is it? Like 13 trillion. That's actually, I've seen that sign in New York City. It's, a, it's in New York. They have this thing. It's probably a whole lot bigger now. <laughs> And what is this? This is a, uh, as you all know, this is what? Malayalam? No. Sorry, it looks like Malayalam, right? It's yeah. like Arabic. What language is that? Greek. It's Greek, right? Mm-hmm. It's Greek. It's the result of having an obligation, something that is owed. So, what do we owe? Jesus is saying, Father, Nothing. forgive us our debts. So I can understand debts I have to you guys. Uh, if I borrowed money from you, I got to pay you back. What do we owe God? Father, forgive us our debts. For our existence. For our existence? Did you ask to be born? Well, it says we were born sinly. Sinly? Sinly creatures. Sinly, was that a word? Is that a word? Sinful. Sinful creatures. <laughs> All right, whatever. Well, I want to understand that. So why were we born sinful? Because of Adam and Eve. Because of Adam and Eve? Short form. Short form. But why does that create an obligation for me? So my dad owes money, then I owe money, or I owe something? Why, why is something that Adam and Eve did some, that creates an obligation for me? Because hmm? we're human. Because we're human? Yeah. What do you think, Joe? What do you think, Joe? That's how it works, man. That's the system, man. Why do we owe money? Why do we owe? We don't owe money to God. God, God doesn't. But why do we owe anything to God? What is our obligation to God? Where did that come from? What is it? I don't know. You don't know? Because he's the potter, we're the clay. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm Because he uh, expects perfection. He expects perfection. Does he? And uh, we certainly aren't perfect. You so. disagree with that, Jimmy? I mean, he knows that we can't be perfect. Even the most perfect people, David, wasn't perfect. Does he know that we, we can't be perfect? Isn't that the righteous God can't look on sin? Righteous God can't look on sin? So yeah. God can't do something? Well, without Jesus, we're destined for death. So you're saying that the omnipotent God cannot look at our sin? He is a just God. If he did count all of our sin, we'd all just be damned already. We are doomed. Why does God care so much about our sins? Because he loves us. Because we can't. He created the universe. 
he's really big. Hmm. We can't enter into his presence or have a relationship when you when you were stained. So because of our stain, the only way he was able to, you know, he wanted to be with us. The only way that that could happen is him to send his son to shed his blood for us so we could be counted as righteousness. Because we couldn't, it's not, it's not about, it's not about him. It's about us, right? It's, that's the thing, right? It, it's not about God, you know, being too uh, squeamish, you know? It's not like we're a bunch of roaches and God is this, like, overly clean person who's like, <coughs> oh, my God, these people, I'm going to, they're going to, no, it's, God is, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, right? Consuming fire, right? And so if we're, if we're sin. If we're sinful, we're almost like wood, God's fire, right? I mean, that's that's the idea. That's the idea of where our debt is, and but again, I, I think we we need we need to think about that because I'm I'm a little confused. Let's go to the next one. Forty the the next slide. Uh, I have to I have to examine that. I have to think about it a little bit more. But so as you guys know, um, we have a. We have a podcast going as well. And so some friends back in New York. Uh, this is, uh, you guys know Slate 43? Is that the one before? The one. Yeah, this one, right. So we've got some friends of mine back in New York who listen to this, actually. Can you believe it? Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> they actually believe, um, listen to it, and they had some questions of their own. And so this friend of mine... He sent me this verse. I wonder what you guys thought about it. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Does that mean there is no judgment for those who believe in Jesus? Or does that misunderstand? Well, and I was confused. So I said, what do you mean? Can you elaborate? And he said, like at the end, when Jesus comes back, there's like a first group that goes to heaven. Those who are in Christ, I believe, will they stand before God and be judged? I have a question. Yeah. Do you have an iPhone? Hmm? Yeah, iPhone. This is no. not an iPhone. When you say uh, stand before the throne, you're talking about the great yeah. white throne Facebook judgment? Question. Excellent point. So, from, there... From what I understand, like, people who, you know, enter into heaven or who, who, he, um, who are saved do not go into the white throne judgment. I don't know. That's, that's what, what does condemnation mean? Good question. Yeah. Uh, Steve, you have a good point, too. So there's a lot of good stuff happening. But go to the next slide. Oh, yes. <laughs> and condemnation, let's go to the 45. One right after that. So this is um, from a Greek. I, it's called a Greek lexicon. You, you can just Google, like, biblehub.com. And it actually gives you every single Greek word in the Bible. And so condemnation is this word, karakrima. Penalty. Um, probably the exact sentence of condemnation handed down after due process. So what that means is that after the judge makes the decision and he says, you are Jabez sentenced to five weeks of community service. That's the, the sentence that's on the you know, slap on the wrist. You know. 
you're a good kid. You can, you can do better. <laughs> so, so that's the, uh, the condemnation, right? And so the condemnation against all of us because of our obligation towards God was what? The condemnation was potentially death, death and not just death, death eternal death. And we could argue about what eternal death means, but let's just say it's bad. All right? So it's eternal death, eternal separation from God. That's the condemnation. And so Paul is um, in Romans 8 saying, in, in Romans 8, we got to understand where Romans 8 is, right? That's, Romans 1, what is Romans anyway? Anyone remember? It's a, it's a book in the Bible named Romans in the New Testament. So what is Paul doing in Romans? He's preaching. Come on, guys. Anyone read? What is God doing? What is Paul talking about in Romans? <laughs> what is Paul doing in Romans? Paul is like giving us the doctrine of the church, right? Talking about justification of faith and salvation and all that, right? So he goes through 1 through 7 where he gives a full doctrinal, doctrinal synthesis of exactly why, how we are saved and who saves us and all this stuff. And then he starts 8 verse 1. And then he says, so the conclusion of this whole thing is, therefore, there is now, what? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Meaning, there is none of us who are saved are going to be at that great white throne judgment. Because at the great white throne judgment, you're exactly right, Steve, everyone who is not saved is going to go to judgment. And that's not a good place. Mm. I thought we all get judged, though. So, that's the great white throne judgment. Is there another judgment? That's what my friend is asking. Is there a great throne of judgment? Is there a different judgment? That's a good judgment. Potentially. So, if you go back to slide uh, 43, is there another judgment? So we know we don't want to be part of that judgment. Don't go there. It's usually pretty bad. That's where you're going to get condemned. But what is this part? So this is a very interesting verse that Paul talks about. And this is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 to 15. Um, if you guys, can you guys get the, read that? Or is it too far away? Anyone can read it. Oh, is that the verse? Yeah, just read this. Their work will be sh shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burnt up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Right. <clears throat> so what is going on here? So, is this the hmm. judgment? so let's think about that one. And then there's another one right here. This is actually friend's sermon on the mount. Read that one too. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever practices and teaches these commandments will also will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So notice that the sentence isn't therefore anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commandments and teaches accordingly will go to hell. That's not what it says, right? It says what? Least, least in the kingdom of heaven. What's going on? It's like the serpents. 
He's handing out awards. Rewards. See, that's the thing. Like, we, we all think that we're going to church for fire insurance, right? It's like, just get me through the door, right? It's a fire insurance, right? This is the fire insurance policy, and we go to church, so we get what? Fire insurance. Because at the end of the day, we don't want the fire. The white. Is it, but is that... What's, what is... See, the... And, oh, no, it's, it's go ahead. Well, I found, I found this guy who was talking about it. And okay. he said, there's two, two of them. There's a great white throne of judgment. Right. Which happened at the end of the millennium. And then there's one that happened a thousand years earlier. At the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven, which sounds crazy. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> the judgment seat of Christ is entirely different. And the judgment which are those who are saved. Well, I mean, that's part of what's going on here, right? So this, is the second, this is the second one you're talking about, the Great White Throne? The marriage supper of the Lamb. So this is, again, this is all like advanced level calculus. Mm-hmm. And we're still kind of at, um, pre-calc. you know. One plus three, oh. right? <laughs> but pre-algebra, pre-algebra. The, 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 these guys are, you know, doctoral thesis there. But bringing it all the way down, right? Like Paul says, I feel like we we we're way too confident about everything we say sometimes. But Paul says, like, I look through a mirror, right? Like darkly, a dark mirror, uh, to see where everything is. But I, everything is kind of obscure. So do I know exactly the plan? Not exactly. These are all hints, right? These are all like the glass, darkly kind of stuff, right? So what is going on here? Their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. It's not for... There's three of them now? There's not for the people who are not saved. This is not for the condemned. This is for the Christians, right? Each person's work. If what has been built survives, oh, that comes back to what Jesus talked about, right? What are you building? Are you building something that's going to survive or not? The builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. Fire insurance. Can, can we, can we like discuss this revealed with fire thing? Just going to throw fire at us and see what happens? Well, I mean, so this is this is a this is where doctrines got screwed up because people thought about this wrongly, I believe. So there is a group of people I won't name them who read this verse and got twisted and said, "Okay, well then there's this middle place where you'll go if you're not re- if you're saved but you're not really saved, and you'll go there and you'll suffer, and then you'll get out of it." Purgatory. Oh, That is wrong. We don't teach that. So that's <laughs> so just straight up. That's that's not what we teach in this church. Is right? that an analogy or is that a real fire? So, so we gotta understand because the Bible doesn't talk about any middle place or any any place that's called limbo where where people go who aren't really baptized. It's, that's why you have to baptize babies because unless you baptize babies, they'll be stuck in this place. No, don't overcomplicate it. Right? Something's going on here, though. and I think the reality is that. There is something happening after we die, after we die, where it's not just you die and boom. Because if that was the case, then you'd have to be perfect at the end, right? Completely perfect. And if that's the case, like you said, see, right, 100% perfect on your deathbed, then you go to heaven. But if you have one problem. 
you are going to burn for eternity. That's the one people teach that. And it's a really harsh way of thinking. Isn't that what our Valley <laughs> community kind of endorses? Is it? Yeah. They don't Elaborate. See, they don't see you clapping. They don't see you singing loudly. All of a sudden, you're in a wrong. I was told that God is going to show me on TV what I did bad in all three. God is going to review your whole life in front of everybody. We had a flat screen. Go to the CRT TV. LCD. Therefore, this is why I get... So I'm very thankful to my friend who asked this question. There is no condemnation, so why am I going to show what you did wrong? You stole your friend's toy when you were three. And I'm going to show it in heaven to condemn you. Is that what's going on? And everyone's going to see it, too. And everyone's going to see it, what you did. Is that what's going on? So that's what a lot, a lot of pastors preach. It doesn't make sense. And it's like, you are, everyone, the whole congregation, I always imagine, imagine this, with the whole congregation is there. And God is up there with this PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> and he says, Sox, slide three for Steve. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> so, so, slide four for Joel. <laughs> slide five for Vigi. This is what happens. Is that what's going to happen? I was led to believe like it was that'd be like a long program, program. like huh? a whole movie type thing of your whole life from I start to finish. I, was led to believe. <laughs> I, was led to believe. I still believe. You still believe what? You still I, believe? I don't, I don't think that's it though, because then it has no purpose. I mean, that's gonna take like. A I mean, you want so what? You feel ashamed? What's, what's gonna happen? You're dead already. What's, what's the worst that can happen? You're ashamed. Now you can go to hell. Why do because you bur- why do you bring it to why life? do you burn anything right like so I can burn something. Why do you burn anything? Get rid of it? <laughs> no, not necessarily. Purify it to provide heat. It is. Why do we burn to get rid of it? No, like some buildings. If I burn uh, a piece of paper, mm-hmm. it's gone, right? So I maybe maybe there was some evidence. some evidence against me yeah. in that paper, and I set it on fire so no one could see it again. So that's one thing, one reason to burn something. Why would I go ahead? Oh, refining. I was say, like people can't like do burn things for like like candles and stuff. They're burnt for heat. Well, not and just light. heat, but like for also their scent. Because okay. like you know. light recreational yeah. burning. Definitely, <laughs> recreational burning. Recreational. That's another kind of burning that is illegal in this state and should be illegal in every state. Because committing arson. That is know ye not that you are the temple of the living God. So therefore, you should not be burning things. You should not be burning. That's a different. That's a different thing. So refining is what you're talking about. Potentially. Right? Yeah. So why would you burn a piece... Like, if you grabbed a piece of gold mm-hmm. from a mine, mm-hmm. is it going to be looking pristine? Like, you're going to put it on your neck? No. Yeah. It'll look pretty dirty, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what are you going to do to it, right? It burn it, right? you got to melt it down, purify it, right? So it is probably not... I mean, the gold doesn't feel anything because it doesn't have a nervous... But the, you, it's a metaphor, right? Mm-hmm. The gold is going to be burned purified, and part of our life feels like purgatory. <laughs> Has anyone experienced purgatory in this world? Sometimes, right? And some of that is a purifying, right? We always, we hear that preaching, people preach about that, right? It's a purifying. We go through a refining process on earth, right? Uh, uh, and the, the impurities in our life, God is purifying them out, and sometimes we go through tough times. Can that happen after death? I think so. I think that's what this is, right? So the point that we're trying to say is that we shouldn't think that it's just like God, you know, like you said, God is a holy God, a consuming fire, right? This sort of thing. 
God is not looking to condemn us anymore because he's, what, saved us. So he's not going to show the video of you when you were three and you did something wrong, right? But what he's trying to do, and I think, like, our community kind of turned it into a church service, right? The heaven is the infinite church service. And in this infinite church service, I'm going to show everything you guys did wrong to make you feel as guilty as possible so you can feel horrible throughout all eternity you'll be spending your entire life with these people no right it's not not like that so you know that's why you guys you guys all probably think this because I, I, I think it right that heaven is an infinite church service it's like clapping hands singing a PC neck <laughs> or our church from 9am to infinity right that's how it still <laughs> that's how it feels right that's, that's not how it is that's not what it's about like, at all that's not that's not what God did God has better things to do because he, he he said right he's a creative God right he creates all things new so he, it's not like we're going to be spending millions of years in a church it's not going to happen it's going to be like the new Eden yeah it's going to be a city, right? The, the revelation, the vision at the end of Revelation is what? A city. What's the name of the city? Will it be like eating and stuff? Like dinner time, lunch time? Sure, man. I'll tell you. No, no idea. <laughs> Maybe. No, there, no actually, I am, I am wrong about that. Because, is there eating? I think, I yes, think, there is. Yeah. I feel like why the Has Last Supper. I mean, not the Last Supper. The Marriage Supper of the Lamb. The Marriage Supper of the Lamb. <laughs> right, but it, Revelation is 22. At least right? once. There is the, the tree of life is there at the end. Remember how we're separated from the tree of life right now? At the end in Revelation 22, the tree of life is there for the healing of the nation. So yes, we will have it. But it's, it's all common. See, right? this is what There's we a feast. We need to right? that in like our church. Feast? What? We need to talk about this in our church. Because everyone's like, oh, you know, we go to heaven and say, that's it. That's all they know. Or there's going to be some hallelujahs, right? That's what the angel said. Of course, yeah. There's going to be, you know, praising and worshiping and all that. But they don't don't know the full concept. Well, this is what's going to happen, too. Is is that going to be fun? No. Some people are going to show up there with their tambourines and be really upset. (laughs) It's not the endless church service for people to condemn you and to look at the bad things you've done. But, on the other hand, none of us are have reached the perfection to live with God forever. And if the standard is that we all have to be perfect at the end, we're going to be in trouble. Which means some of us are more impure than others. Some of us have wasted our life. (laughs) Right? We've spent most of our life wasted on things that were not important. Things that are perishing. So at the end, what's God going to say? He doesn't need to put a DVD or put PowerPoint of your life. He knows it already. So he's going to see the things. Josiah, you are 98.2% good. But there's a couple things I need to work on you. And I'm going to work with you on that because we've got eternity to live with each other. So I'm going to work on these aspects of your life, Josiah, so that we can love each other even greater than we currently do. Is part of that process, Josiah, might be a little painful. Could be. Mm-hmm. It might be, right? And that's part of, you know, heaven will have some aspects that might be unpleasant. Otherwise, it wouldn't be here. I was right? told, like, when you become, go to heaven and get a spiritual body, you won't feel any, like, with your former family. Like, you won't feel any. Who said that? Okay, well, we don't have to talk about sources, but you won't have any connection to your former family? Like, when you see them, you won't feel that same connection as you did on Earth, you know what I mean? 
Well, I think that the reason why that is said is because what if you have a family member who unfortunately isn't sick? Hmm. Will you feel depressed in heaven for all eternity? Well, there's no tears in heaven, so it's, it's like crying without tears. <laughs> I have not, I don't I don't know. I mean I think that we're the the difference is the difference is I think right now the problem is we have way too much groupism in this groupism in this world, right? So like it's my brother, not your brother. It's my family, not your family. It's my Malayalis, not your Malayalis, right? It's my Keralites, my Indians, not your Indians, right? It's this, this kind of mentality, or it's, you know, this kind of tribalism, that is, has to break down, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't be heaven. Otherwise, it'd just be a continuation of this mess, right? That has to break down. That, that's going to dissolve. Right, but, but it doesn't mean I, you're not. You're still going to know he's your brother. But, right? but, but like in the book of Isaiah, it talks about how the lion will also lie with this, the the lamb, right? Like that. Mm-hmm. So I think like in your earth, you have it'll be a peaceful earth with like a perfect earth. That'd right. Pretty cool. Look but we're to. still going to be different, though, right? Because it can't be just like we're all just the clones, mm-hmm. right? You're still going to be decided. Well, Thanks. That God's going to refine away, right? So we are still going to know that. These three are brothers on earth. But in reality, that's not going to cause a diff- division between us. Right? It's not like you love Joel more than you love me. Right? It's not, it's not true. Because in the future, right? <laughs> that love will be greater, right? So that, that's the kind of thing that, 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 that those divisions will get broken up between all of us. So, I, lo- I love this question. Is there condemnation? No, there's no condemnation for any believer after they're saved. That's why we're saved. But is there going to be a purification process for us? Yes. Is it going to be... I'm almost done. Is it going to be sometimes somewhat unpleasant? Maybe. But it is for our benefit, right? Mm-hmm. To refine us again, to live with God for all eternity. And it's part of the debts. If all our debts are forgiven, what debts remain with us in the kingdom to come? Well... The things that we need purified in our lives. And that's what Jesus is talking about. So let us uh, bring it to an end.